Welcome to the Praying with the Eyes podcast, episode 48, The Three Amigos, part one, Growing in Christ. God created us to grow, not only physically, but spiritually. In this episode of the Praying with the Eyes podcast, I'm joined by Dan Hampton, the Director of Growth Ministries at Holy Cross, as we explore his heart for seeing people grow in Christ. This is the first episode of a three-part series where we explore the topics of growth, worship, and service. Welcome to the Praying with the Eyes podcast. Your hosts are Doug Bronner, Senior Pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Rochelle Hecker, Mom and Public Speaker. As an avid photographer, Doug combines the beauty of God's creation with the beauty of His Word in a Praying with the Eyes devotional blog. Today's discussion digs deeper into a topic that was first introduced in one of these blogs. Thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. So I'm joined on this podcast by our Director of Growth Ministries, Dan Hampton. Uh, been here since October, right, Dan? Yep, that's correct. And uh, he came to us from Indian- Indianapolis, Indiana. He's in the, But he's also a native Hoosier. So explain to the audience what a Hoosier is, because none of us know. You hear that? That's the answer. <laughs> I mean, is there, is there any idea what a there, Hoosier is? There, I mean, when I was in history class in like fifth grade, when you study Indiana history, uh, they would tell us all kinds of folklore. Like there's the folklore of when there was a territory, there'd be all these brawls and taverns, and the, the bartenders would always end up saying, Who's ear? Who's ear? <laughs> that one's good. I like that one. I, that's my favorite one. Uh, <laughs> or people, the, you know, they would be yelling at each other across from their little uh, ranches and log cabins, and like they'd say, "Who's here? Who's?" <laughs> yeah, but you see, those kind of things were not just in in Indiana. You know that no. happened elsewhere too. No, that but really, so there is not a. I, I had not. heard that before, but I wasn't certain if that was true or not. That there was there was really no understanding. Uh, there, there really isn't. I'm not sure where it was lost somewhere, but if anyone knows it, let me know because I, I've always been asked that question. And I've always wondered, like, you know, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but yep, I grew up there. And in case you're curious, yeah, I did play basketball for my entire uh, yeah, life. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Dan, you're six what? Six seven. Dwarfs all of us around here. <laughs> you think Jeffrey's short? Just normally put Jeffrey next to to uh, to Dan, and it's rather interesting. Uh, what well, the joke at his installation as our director of of growth ministries, he was kneeling and he still equaled Jeffrey's height. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what's been the most interesting adjustment for you to, from being a flatlander to, uh, to Colorado? For me, it's been, uh, kind of the weather. See, when I left Indiana, it was, you know, October. And if you've ever been in the Midwest, you know that the Midwest winter is basically gray cold and windy kind of as far as even in october yeah october all the way to about march april it just you never know what the weather's going to be it's just kind of nasty it's not very fun there's very not a whole lot of sun all the time you might get some snow you might get some ice you might get some storms you never know well and there's and times i remember from michigan when living in michigan that uh, the clouds would would be there but and you're waiting for snow and there's nothing yeah there nothing happens absolutely nothing happens and it just it's very depressing uh, and I remember when my wife and I moved there in 2008, uh, I told her, be warned, it gets, it does get depressing. And so moving here, we haven't had hardly clouds in the sky since October. And so that's been kind of a fun, wow, it's so sunny here, but I personally have missed the rain and missed storms. But the last couple of days, thankfully we've had some storms and thunder and me and the kids are, Ooh, looking out the window, <laughs> Ooh, thunder, yay, we're so happy. Oh, uh, I was not excited uh, two days ago, I was out making calls you know, up in Black Forest and driving back, and I saw this dark cloud to the south. And, and you have to understand, the, the year before in July, we had horrendous hail. The hail, yeah. And, and so I'm sitting there going, oh, no, please, Lord, not hail, not hail. And Denver got it, and uh, this one, uh, yeah. It, it, that would, For me, when I moved here from Oregon, similar in the sense, it's not the same kind of gray skies in the Midwest, but it's gray more and more rainy. But... It was this the the depth of the blue in the sky here, really was interesting to me uh, when we moved, and and I enjoyed that. I got tired of the rain. I was just I was done with it by the time I moved away from Portland. 
Anyway, uh, the Praying with the Eyes podcast is a ministry of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We'd love for you to visit our website at holycrosscs.org. We've got got, uh, Vacation Bible School coming up soon. And uh, as you'll find out here, uh, Dan is in charge. We may not talk about Vacation Bible School directly, but that is his scope of, of, of ministry here. And you can register, if you live in the Colorado Springs community, you can register online at holycrosscs.org. It's free. Uh, we want it to be a service to our community, and we're excited about it uh, and, and would love for you, to, you, you and your children to be a part of it. Uh, the Praying With The Eyes ministry has its own website at prayingwiththeeyes.com. And you'll find daily devotional blogs there. You can subscribe to those blogs. You'll get them an email every day for at 5 o'clock in the morning, Mountain uh, Daylight Time. Anyway, they'll come to you, and they're written by eight of us, uh, eight different people, so you get different perspective on scriptures. They tie a picture uh, that the, the blogger has taken and, and ties that to the Uh, to the scriptures. Uh, The motto of praying with the eyes is connecting the beauty of God's word with the beauty of his creation. And that's what we try to do in these daily devotional blogs, of which this podcast is kind of developing one of those blogs a little further. Uh, Not every uh, week, but... uh, but most of the time. You can email us with questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. Again, that's questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you may have noticed that Rochelle's voice is not with us this time. She's going to take a a break from the podcast at this time, and I look forward to her coming back uh, down the road. So uh, this podcast uh, is is, uh, the first of of three podcasts that are going to tie together. At Holy Cross, our ministry is designed around a three-legged stool, of worship, growth, and service. And so this week we're going to take on the topic of growth with Dan here. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to hear uh, Pastor Jeffrey Mines come in in our last segment together as we kind of tie things together and talk about community with each other. Uh, and then we're going to have a special guest in our, our third segment. I'll leave you hanging on that one. Uh, th- in our third segment, we have a, a, a very nervous uh, third guest. I don't know if the person's nervous or not. I don't think I don't, so. I don't, I don't think, think so. Is. I don't think so either. Anyway. No, I don't think so. No, no. So, uh, Dan, growth ministry sounds good. I mean, that's one of those things like churches love to have these little phrases, catchphrases oh, yeah. that sound really impactful and stuff. But you've had to unpack it. You, coming from the, the, the congregation you served in Indianapolis to here. So help us understand what, when you first heard the term growth ministry, I, I know it's a ways back there now, maybe you don't quite remember what it was like, but what kind of was your first impression that uh, with that title? Uh, the first impression I had was that there's a focus. Uh, the name itself, Director of Growth Ministry, seems to be focused around an idea of, of growing, of uh, making things better or learning, uh, or one might call in the church the word discipleship. And so that's exciting to me. You know, I feel like sometimes you have these ambiguity, other title, so to speak, of director of Christian education, I think it's even more vague. Like, what is that? What is a what is a DCE? I get that question a lot. What do you do? What is the point of a DCE? And so, when I have here director of growth, well, that that really cements for me that oh, we're talking about growing in God's word, growing with each other, growing in our skills and abilities. So that, it, it provides me a little bit of a focus. Well, and I and and purposefully we we didn't call it, we we know you're a DCE. That's what you are in our synodical right, our, system, our, you are cert- certified as. But I agree with you. It doesn't say a whole lot, especially uh, in the many years now that uh, uh, DCs have been serving in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. It's become really vague because the, it, it it covers a multitude of, of ministries. Right, right. Because, I, I mean, the official definition is that a DCE is a, is a certified lifelong educational leader prepared and commissioned uh, for education in the congregational setting, which in itself is very vague. I know DCEs who are doing nothing but youth. I know DCEs who are doing nothing but uh, administration and leading teams. So it's really a, a wide variety of responsibilities that this title could have. So how do you um, keep it from the title, a Director of Growth Ministries, becoming... How do you keep it fresh? I mean, uh, it can be... Uh, Something that everybody goes, oh yeah, Dan Hampton, he's the director of growth ministries, but it seems to me there needs to be, uh, that can just become like a DC, a title. Right, it could be. Uh, so for me, it's all about 
uh, always bringing in new ideas, new people. I think we're blessed here in this congregation that we have a, a great team of people. We have a growth ministry team, so there's always new ideas coming in, uh, and we're sharing with each other. So we're able to to kind of stretch a little bit and look towards the future and what we could be a possibility, what might be ways, because the world is changing. Uh, where where we were 10 years ago is not where we are today. Uh, the where, where youth ministry is at is not the same. The way adult education is is not the same. I mean, you're dealing with right now, uh, the millennials, I've just read a, a research article today, millennials have now passed up in generational size, the boomers. You know, the largest generation that ever, can, you know, our country has ever known. The millennials are now bigger. I hadn't heard that. That's uh, intriguing to me. It has huge ramifications. And not, I'm not saying one way or the other, but it has huge ramifications for the future. It does. I mean, absolutely huge. So that the fact that they're, and that's what we talked about. We talked about how big the baby boom was, but yet there's birth rates uh, have continued. And now this generation has surpassed it in just sheer numbers. So how we minister to that upcoming generation and how we continue to care for now those boomers who are getting more uh, older in age and are starting to look at retirement and or other caring facilities and Thanks. other health issues. So, sorry. <laughs> I'm the boomer. <laughs> I'm a late, I'm you're, a late boomer. You're a late boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. I'm on, the, I'm on the backside of the boomer so generation. Of, yeah. But but the reason why millennials too are surpassing the boomers because the early boomers are dying. Right. That's part of the, right. that's part of the issue. And it is, um, is the span, the generational span in years larger too with millennials i'm not sure what the the span uh, is from when the uh, sociologists would say that's when this started. I, i've seen everything from 1980 to 2001 has been about the span of the millennials i mean some would claim i'm a millennial uh other ones i've seen from uh like barnum and p research of classified millennials in 1985 starting and a little bit earlier to 2005. Yeah. Well, so I think that's, that's, just, that's common with any generational right. transition that there, you yeah. get that, that, because uh, I can see in you aspects of Gen X uh, and which I also see in my son who was born in 80, uh, 84, mm-hmm. um, still part of that, even though he's closer to being uh, a millennial. Uh, but so what, uh, that's so, a real challenge then. And, and so, when we're talking about growth ministry here at Holy Cross, most people would understand that if I say the word education ministry. I mean, that's sure. from from cradle to grave is your responsibility. Right, right. And and what what's interesting about how we've organized the ministry here at Holy Cross is when I first came, it was really prevalent in churches to be a staff-driven mm-hmm. and a church. They would say staff-led, but most of the times that meant the staff did it. You just hired more staff to do it. We used to be that way here. You now uh, occupy a position that at one time had uh, three people directing children, youth, and adults, Mm -hmm. uh, three different people. So tell me what you think is a difference in what you have to be is different than in that kind of an environment where you had more staff people. Well, I, in that kind of environment, I've got to be an equipper of the saints. And when you look at the book of Ephesians, Paul is kind of teaching how to uh, what a pastor should be. He says he's not, they're, they're not to uh, necessarily be out uh, every day with the whole world, but they're equipping the called. They are there to give all the resources and the training and the abilities so that as everyday people, as the congregation are living their lives, they're able to be ministers of the gospel. So in my role, I, that's one of my biggest parts of my role is teaching people how to be ministers, how to be uh those who are sharing their faith, how they can live their life in reflection of God's grace and how he has impacted them. So there's no way I as an individual could ever do all that needs to be done uh, for the needs of Holy Cross. It just isn't possible. I would never see my family and I would be here 365 days a year from sunup to sundown. Uh, And that's not healthy, nor is that what God calls us to do. I believe he really wants us to be able to each of us share the gospel. A major transition, I think, for me that I've experienced here in, uh, you know, part of the reason we had to make this transition was the economic realities of church in the world today, too. That's changed drastically in the 17 years that I've been here. Uh, And um, for many different factors. We can argue that for a long time. (laughs) But one of the major things I've seen change, and I like it, 
okay, is that when we first came, when I first came, the directors of all these different areas had to be up front and had to be kind of leading everything. Mm. You know, they, they, were, they were the visible face of everything all the time. Now, you are for Growth Ministries. You are the face of Growth Ministries. But you can't be that way. You have to equip other people to be able to step into those roles and be the upfront people, to be the face of Sunday school, of our, our youth ministry. Right. And now, you do have help in the sense that we have a, uh, a full-time D.C. intern. Right. Uh, and uh, we have a part-time children's ministry person. Right. But it's not the same as the director. No, and it's not. And I, in my, my opinion, I, I don't believe we should be the ones always up front. Um, maybe it's just my personality. I'm not a big upfront kind of guy. I'd much rather be the, the fella uh, working behind the scenes. You know, even, even when I did theater in high school, I was one of the stage managers. And I wasn't the actor up front. I was the guy behind making sure everything, all the sound stuff worked the way it's supposed to. And that's, that's kind of where I view my role here, too. Um, we, we've got to become lesser so that our congregation can become greater. I, I can imagine the impact if, as we train up these millennials and the high school youth, that they all are able to share uh, with, with power and with knowing the Holy Spirit's behind them. Imagine the impact they can have in their schools and in their families. Well, and my, by, by the nature of my job, I am up front. I'm, I'm, the visible, I'm the visible <laughs> presence of the senior pastor. It's my, my responsibility. But still, what gives me a great amount of joy is watching you and Jeffrey, Aurora, Nikki all be successful. That, is, that brings me uh, more joy than being up front and, and um, being the, the uh, I don't want to say, uh, being the person that's leading the charge. I mean, which I do... I'm supposed, I, that's what I'm called to do, but it's still more fun to watch you guys be successful, and, and it's, it's, it, that's a real joy. So we're going to take a break. When, when Dan and I come back in our next section, we're going to talk about the relationship of growth ministry, uh, this one-legged stool of our ministry here at Holy Cross, with the other two of worship and of service ministry. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you looking for a place where you are welcomed as you are? A place where your thoughts are welcomed as well as your doubts? A place where you can talk about God without being judged? Then I invite you to join in the life-changing experience of Life Tree Cafe. At Life Tree Cafe, you will spend an hour gathering with others to experience a host-led discussion over topics ranging from serious, fun, and quirky. For more information about Life Tree Cafe and for a location near you, visit their website at www.lifetreecafe.com. If you live in the Colorado Springs community, you are more than welcome to join us at Holy Cross for one of three Life Tree experiences on Monday or Tuesday over the lunch hour from 11:45 to 12:45 or on Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. Life Tree Cafe. Come join the conversation. Dan and I would love this conversation to continue with you. So we would invite you to email us at prayingwiththeeyes, uh, questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. Again, that's questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. So please feel free to email us. It doesn't have to be questions. It can be your thoughts or ideas of what we've been talking about. We would love to hear from you. So as we talked about last time, we kind of introduced you to this idea of growth ministry and to Dan's responsibility within growth ministry here at, at Holy Cross. And just a reminder to you that this is, again, uh, uh, one uh, leg of a three-legged stool of how we do ministry here at Holy Cross. Uh, we have worship ministries, growth ministries, and service ministries. And of the three of us on staff, we each take one of those areas, uh, and we'll talk about that in the, the last segment when uh, Pastor Jeffrey joins us. But right now, I want to take on with Dan this, the tension that can be there between the three and the, each leg of the the three legged stools. Uh, you know, Dan, it just came to my mind that we didn't prep for this, but um, I think there's a real temptation to become siloed. When we look at something like this, do you just Absolutely. doing growth ministry and Jeffrey just worship and me service? Uh, and I guess that builds in the, the, the tension a bit. Uh, I've experienced, have you experienced that in ministry? Well, I have experienced that kind of silo mentality. Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely have experienced the ideas that, you know, my ministry is the most important. That idea that, you know, that this is the one thing that people really need to have so they can grow or, or be a part of the Christian community. 
Yeah, I, and I've seen it in my observation, destroy churches because now you have your staff fighting over who gets the most resources in the budget. No, well, that's or, all about resources. When who, it comes who, down. That's who, who gets the people? Yeah, sure, who gets sure. who gets the, the, the time in the bulletin? Yeah, it's all about the resources and how it's allocated. And I, I believe it's a tool of the devil. Well, I think there's a fine line uh, between. I want you to be passionate about growth ministry. That, that's a, right, that's what we called right. you for, and and Jeffrey for worship ministry. And, and But there's a fine line between being passionate and turning that into a silo where that's the only ministry that really matters in the church. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely, because I, I believe it's mentality. It's, it's the, the idea that yours is most important. Whereas if we work together as a team, uh, knowing that we all build and feed off of each other, uh, then we get a more complete holistic approach to ministry instead of that silo. And and yet, what I, I I don't want to have happen, and I think we are always trying, striving to do that as staff here at our leadership ministry team meetings, which would include our our preschool director and our director of, of um, business, and also our DC intern and our uh, president of the congregation. And a lot of us in that meeting, I want you guys to be able to be passionate and express it, and and to. Uh, to be able to say, this is why X is important. And I think it's probably more important than the other things. But in that discussion, what I know happens with this staff is that there's still a respect for each other's position and where we come out at the end will be what's best, the best place to be. Right. We want, we, I believe in what I've seen in my last, my short, you know, six months here has been that it's the best for ministry. Like it may not be the best thing for growth, but if it's something that really empowers Jeffrey to be able to do some amazing things in worship, then that's what we should do. That's what's best for the ministry at this time, uh, and that might change in the future. We never. That's why it's a fluid. You know, it will change ex- in the future. Exchange, no, no, it you know? will change. I think that that's right. the fluidity of, of congregational life. Yeah. That there comes a time when when the priority switches to growth ministry or to service ministry. And they get the majority of the resources because resources are limited mm-hmm. and becoming more limited, it seems, with <laughs> the economic realities of doing church. And that's not always bad. If that sounds like a complaint, it's not a complaint. It's just a reality. Right. And God has blessed this congregation in so many ways and with many resources. But I thought we'd just take that on for a second. So let's talk, first of all, what do you see is the relationship between what you do in growth ministries and what Jeffrey does in worship ministry? Uh, from my perspective, worship is where you know God has come to meet us. We hear through his word and by receiving his sacraments, the very word of God. Uh, as you and Pastor Jeffrey preach, uh, you strengthen us in our faith. Uh, the body and blood of Christ uh, and the forgiveness of our sins strengthen us in our faith. And I, I, it's kind of cliche, but I used to always like those things on the backside of churches that said you're now entering the mission field. Uh, and Because that's where I believe my role really picks up. Okay. Because now, now suddenly, once you get into that role, I want to. People say, "Well, I, I've, I've been fed, I've been nourished by God and His grace. Now what? That's where. Well, hey, let's keep you growing. Let's keep you learning more. So we we dive into now that you are a redeemed child of God. What does that mean? How how are you going to now live your life in reaction to that grace and studying His Word and and diving in to learn more of the Scriptures and how God has worked throughout time and history uh, to bring about his plan of salvation uh, gives us the knowledge and the understanding then to be able out and go and do the ministry. So I, I see the growth ministries is that next natural step from worship. After you're fed and after we come to Christ, then we now we grow in his word. We learn more about how it impacts our lives. And so we then uh, are able to go out and live it. I wonder how many people, when they heard what you just said, were thinking, Oh, that means going to a classroom environment. Maybe. I don't know, but that's not at all. <laughs> no, I know it's not, but yeah. it, it's, I think it's the way we're tooled because that's yeah. what happens in America, and that's not just the church. No. I mean, you, you go to community college. For example, for me and I, my love of photography, I, I, what do I think about? Oh, I need to take a class at, at, uh, at Pikes Peak Community College. They offer a lot of classes on photography. Why? I went shooting with my friend Don Widger, uh-huh. And and I learned a lot by just shooting with him. Yeah. I learned. Okay, I learned by, by right. doing it. You you learn through experience. You know, it's called experiential learning. Uh, learning by actually being part of it. And when you look at the way Jesus taught his disciples, he did not teach them in a classroom. He taught them as they were walking from village to village, village as he was sharing the gospel, as he was healing the sick, as he was uh, telling those Pharisees par- parables. 
It's like, like, okay, guys, sit down now. We're going to have a lecture on what it means to be a good Christian. <laughs> First of all, you need to make sure that you listen clearly. No, stop talking, Peter. That's enough. <laughs> be quiet, Peter. Bad Peter. No, yeah, that's not yeah. how Jesus taught. He didn't. He he, he showed them. I mean, you think about uh, the Samaritan woman. Like there is a perfect example of how he used that direct situation to talk to them about who is your neighbor and about how the gospel is going to be shared to, throughout all the world. I mean, the Samaritans were the ones that hated most. So he used the experience of what was happening and where he took them to be to be a teacher. And great teachers, I think, know that they know that real learning takes place in the moment. Uh, it might be in the classroom. Well, it might be when you're out on a walk. Uh, it might be that that conversation you didn't want to happen in the at the water cooler, and suddenly now here it is, and, and God's going to be using you to share the gospel. Uh, and that's where uh, one of my big dreams is. I would love for the church, not just Holy Cross, but like all churches, to start seeing that our our learning and our uh, discipleship process could take place outside the four walls okay, of the church. Okay, but why do then people, uh, I love what you're saying, but why then do people gravitate to one or the other? They'll either, um, they, they will worship and not uh, be engaged in any kind of growth. I'm going to say Bible study, but please understand in a very broad right, sense right. of that word. Uh, but not being that, but or they'll be, which is happening more, uh, people will come to a Bible study, but never enter a sanctuary for worship. I've seen both. Um, and that believe, I believe that's the tension. Okay. Um, and not necessarily even more of the resources or staffing of silo ministry that we mentioned before. I think the real tension exists in people you know, doing either the worship or the, the Bible study. And why that is, I, I can't say exactly why, but what I think part of it could be is it's a checkbox. I think for a lot of people in our world today are so busy. Are, I mean, the demands on our time are so great that you know, people have an importance for church, important for worship, and so they figure, well, this week I've only, I'll, we'll do the Broncos game is on at eleven, so you know what? We'll just go to eight o'clock church, and then we'll we're good this week. We we did our our Christian thing, um, or uh, especially with a youth group, with uh, those younger students who find church kind of honestly boring or not engaging to them. They think, well, I want to go to youth group because they're all I mean with my friends. It's a little more fun. I get to talk and share more, uh, so I'm, I'm doing my church thing there. So I think that's kind of where the, the reality lies. Is it's People are picking and choosing based on their amount of time they have available. So let's, let's talk about time for a second, because I'm, I'm, I, what you said is what I've said many times through the demands of time. I think it's time for us as people in general to understand we're in control of that time. Right. You know, And that we, granted, maybe I, my work demands time of me, uh, maybe I maybe I do work sixty to seventy hours a week. Okay, what I do with the rest of my time is my choice in many ways. Okay, I don't have to as a parent. And I say this as a grandparent. Uh, I don't have to put my kid in every sporting organized sport. I don't have to put them in, in whatever else. It doesn't demand just their time. It demands my time to get them there to get them the, the proper attire. Yeah. I, that's, you, you picked them one of my, my absolute pet peeves in ministry is when I have a parent come in and say, well, we can't do confirmation or class this week because we've got this uh, soccer tournament going on. I, I mean, to be clear, I played selects, you know, travel soccer. I played travel basketball. You know, I've, I've done those kind of activities. I was one of those kids, but yet I was still there uh, for, most of my confirmation classes. And now looking back, I'm like it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it developed some good skills in you to do. This sure, stuff, sure. Sure. But, but it was, it wasn't worth it. And I, I, what really, really would make me mad is I'd have a, those parents who would say, well, we're preparing our kid for, for high school so they can get a college, uh, a college scholarship uh, someday. And I'm thinking, you know how much money you're putting into those, all those selects. Uh, Especially as they do ice hockey. Oh, oh my, my gosh! Yes, it, it's just so it's it's ridiculous. I mean, just take that money you were going to spend, put it into a, you know, a, a college savings plan, and bam, you've, you're paying for the college already. Because we but, want somebody else to pay for it. 
no, wait a sec, I am paying for it by doing putting them in. The- yeah, and, and so the, you're, you're absolutely right. The demands of the time, it just... I just think it's time for oh, us to say take ownership man. of that use yeah. of our time. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a freeing thing. So let's talk then about relationship of growth ministries to service ministries. And, and I think there might be some of our listeners that quite understand what I'm talking about. So I'm working in this area of service ministry. It's mine, and I've been working on a purpose statement. So I'm going to just share a draft that I have of our purpose statement for uh, for service ministries. And right now, this is what it states. The purpose of service ministry is to nourish people through acts of uniquely Christian caring at, at Holy Cross in Colorado Springs and throughout the world. There's a lot to that, but let's, let me break it down to three things, I think three important components. Number one, uh, uniquely Christian caring is Christ-centered. It's only, and, and so if it's Christ-centered, it's grace-centered. Uh, number two, uh, it uses the tools that we have as Christians uh, in, our, in our Christian faith. It, it, uh, just to name the two obvious would be prayer and scripture in caring for others. Not as, And when I'm sure that some people are going, oh, he's going to hammer me over the head with the Bible. Absolutely not. It's not that kind. Of, that's an improper use uh, of scripture when it's detached from a person's life and just used as a hammer. Now, sometimes the word does speak a word I don't want to hear. I understand that. But I'm talking about using it as a as a, a, a hammer to hit somebody, and then thirdly, uh, that it um, that it has the the um, it's a result coming out the Christian uniquely Christian caring comes out of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five twenty three. Paul writes, you know that, uh, but the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control, that it, that our caring comes out of that. So that's how I'm defining service ministry. But what do you see as a tension between digging deeper into God's word and then living the faith? The tension I see there is where you can get either uh, be ill-equipped to serve or be doing it for the wrong purpose. So for those that again going back to that kind of checkbox idea, well, I did my good tie, my good deed for the day. Uh, I I went and helped out the food pantry. Yay! I'm a good person. Look at me. Uh, or on the flip side, the person who says, "Well, I, just, I don't know enough. So I'm only going to study the Bible. I'm only only going to until I'm ready. I'm not going to do it until I've learned enough. I'm not, not going to go out and serve." Well, both of those are two sides of the spectrum that I think are are false. Uh, God equips the called, so He. He will be with us, and he says this clearly in his word, when we go out, when we're there serving. He's, he will not let us uh, fall, nor will he let his word go uh, out without him being there. And we can never know enough. Like that, We're always learning. So the idea that we have to know enough before we can go serve is also, also a falsity. So in my opinion, uh, the service is the next step. You know, as we kind of started to learn... And, and grow in our faith, and now we have a, a solid foundation. Uh, now we can use that information to share with with others and care for others. Uh, the vision that uh, my growth team and I kind of camp with for growth ministries here is to build a solid biblical foundation to arm God's people for his ministry. That's kind of our, our focus is we want to build that solid foundation so they're armed and ready for the battle. Yeah, so I, I love what you're saying because then growth ministry is not an end in itself. No, it's not. It's a its purpose is to equip for for what that ministry is. You when you were talking uh, in my area of service ministry, there is one ministry I'll leave unnamed that fits perfectly what you're saying. And so I finished training after 50 hours of training in that ministry this past year. At the end of it, the people that had had 50 hours of training still felt very uh, (laughs) ill equipped to do that ministry. And so I totally agree with you about there's not a magic place where we finally sit there. Now I'm ready. I remember that even as a pastor coming out of seminary, you know, uh, I was definitely not thoroughly equipped for it. And I'm not blaming the seminary for that. No, there's always more learning that we all need will be having. I don't, I don't think it's ever a process. I love talking to my grandparents and um, how they will tell me they still study. They're still going to Bible studies. You know, they're in their eighties and they're still, there's more we still have to learn, Dan. And that's true for all of us. It never ends. But I still love what you're saying about learning with a purpose. Yes. Yeah, that, that, it's, that God is always in the process of transforming us. His word by the power of the Spirit transforms us for something, though, right? So I'm better equipped to be a, a husband, a father, a grandfather, a neighbor, um, a photographer even. You know, not in that, right. I mean in that sense that I understand that what I'm taking a picture of 
is creation. God made this. So, Doug, be very well aware that when you're doing a landscape or a portrait, this is a very much a gift of God. So, I mean, it's that kind of stuff that equips us for doing what we're doing. So, we're going to take a break, and we're going to bring back on. Uh, we're going to bring a very special guest on this next uh, segment of the Premium Guys podcast. We'll be back with you in a moment. At Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, we encourage those who hunger to be nourished by God. We believe that true nourishment for our lives is met in our Creator and Redeemer God. At Holy Cross, we proclaim the message that our God desires intimacy with us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that worship is an experience of this intimacy. To find out more about our worship styles and times, visit our website at www.holycrosscs.org. That again is holycrosscs.org. And if you don't live in the Colorado Springs community or you are part of a different Christian community, we encourage you to join with God's people as He nourishes His his relationship with you. Once again, if you have questions for us on this podcast, you're sure welcome to email us at questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. We'll try to get back to you. We want to keep the conversation going. Now, there's a little story behind this segment that I, I it, that's, that's the whole reason why this podcast is coming out later than it should come out. And, and that's because somehow when we recorded this thing originally, I deleted it. And I know I deleted. I have to be honest. I can't say, oh, it just disappeared. When you skip numbers in the tracks that you've recorded, something happened to the middle track. It it was there at one time. It was there. And how I deleted it, what button I hit, I don't have a clue, (laughs) but I did. And as we've been talking about, we have a special guest. We haven't told you who it is yet, so we'll reveal that special guest at this time. We are joined in this, uh, Dan and I are joined in this segment by Aurora Boswick, who is our DCE intern at Holy Cross and finishing up her internship pretty soon. And we're going to talk a bit uh, about her future and what's going on, but... uh, so, Rory, are, the second time around, are you still nervous? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a little different environment. We're in my studio, too, at my house this, for the recording of this one. And it's a kind of a different environment than it, at the church. You probably don't hear an air conditioner running in the background as we, we had. I don't know for this, this segment. Did we have the air conditioner running in this one? No, it went off. No. It went, yeah, it went off. The air conditioners in, the, in the, 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 the classrooms have a mind of their own. Now, so you have one of the same units in your office, right, Aurora? Yes. And it goes out. Yes, all for the no time. reason. Yep. And does it just turn on for no reason too? Then again, or do you have to reset something, or does Terry come up there? <laughs> I don't know if it ever returns on, but it definitely gets used up for the day. <laughs> okay, Aurora, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a young Christian female pursuing faith and fitness in a lazy and secular world is a good way to actually put it yeah a lazy yeah well why do you, yeah why do you say lazy well i wouldn't say nobody's getting anything done but we're doing it in chairs more often than actively okay which is part technology and just the way that the world is going and why i have back issues yes maybe <laughs> you know you're right the first time uh, most of my career has been sitting been, uh, as a pastor has been sitting behind a desk or sitting in somebody's living room. You know, yeah. sitting has been mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of what I've done. And what's hard for me is I was very active. You know, I played soccer in college and and always hiking, the kind of stuff. And so yeah. right now it's not fun to have to go through stenosis in your mm-hmm. back and try to work that all out. Anyway, uh, as part of your uh, of your internship at Holy Cross. A major part, well, it's actually all around it, is growth ministry. And we've been talking, Dan and I have been talking about growth ministry. Um, So in that area of growth ministry, what's come easiest for you and what's been the most difficult? The relationships. It's such a friendly church. I can just walk in and I feel like five minutes in, I know the person. Um, Everyone's so welcoming. I'm a friendly person. So just connections are so easily made. Yeah, that's rather obvious. You are very friendly. Yeah. You are. are. (laughs) But I've noticed it changing over the year, too, that you you have actually, uh, at first you're kind of reserved. That's understandable when you come into a new, new place. But you're not that way anymore. But you're not. I mean, you're not, let me say. Uh, you're more comfortable. You're right? very balanced. Yeah. I would say you're very balanced yeah. in that too. Well, thank you. So, um, how's it working with Dan? Good, very good. Should I exit the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, very good, very good. <laughs> yeah. So that's the easiest part. What's the what's been the hardest? 
The hardest part by far is putting people where needs can be met. So whether it's with the youth, um, what they need to get out of a Bible study, what they need to talk about, what's current events to them, finding those needs and then filling those for them. While in other aspects of the church, I see there's a lot of needs and I have to figure out who can fill those needs. So it's a vice versa. Is it is the hard part figuring out what the need is or is it getting the uh, the right person or just any person? <laughs> yeah. So uh, with the youth, with the younger age, the needs are it's harder finding out what they need. And with the older crowd, um, adults and so on, it's harder finding what need that they can best fulfill. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it seems to me in growth ministry, you the two of you spend a great deal of time recruiting. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Is it hard for you too, Dan? Uh, it is right now, but I feel like it will get easier. Yeah, I'm only six months knowing the church, uh, but like in my previous church, I've been there for eight years. So if I knew there was a particular need, I knew people I could go talk to. Um, you know, either that be financial or emotional uh, or some just spiritual wisdom. You know, you, you learn those individuals that have gifts and talents in certain areas. And that just takes time. Mm-hmm. That just takes a lot of time and getting to know and build relationships with other people. Now, Dan and Jeffrey are a lot different from each other. When you came, uh, your your supervisor was Pastor Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, he has, he's had to stay a part of that, that uh, realm of your life as a supervisor throughout your time here. But kind of switched over to Dan too. How have both of them helped you understand what growth ministry is well i i say to everyone over and over again that both of them are all about trying and trying and trying again um even when you fail continue trying i've never felt so free to fail i mean as terrible as that sounds you you know it either works or you learn from it so there really is no negative side of it yeah i don't think it sounds bad i think it's that's what we hope for yeah have you always been a person that a appreciates failing or were you are you more of a perfectionist that says I, I I really can't fail I'm a perfectionist that if it's gonna if I'm gonna do something it better be perfect right but if it doesn't work I mean I've heard the word no a million times or that didn't work a million times I'm all about the failures so no or that uh, uh, the word no failure doesn't stop you no not at all I don't think it should stop anyone you're opposite for me. I, I, because in a lot of my growing up, especially, I took no as a, as too, I took it too personally, um. you know, and uh, made it, I, I, uh, I felt like somebody was saying that I was not a good person because it didn't, didn't work, you know. That's me. It's no, nobody was saying that to me, but it's my internal mechanism that did that. So I'm a perfectionist too, but I, I won't try things because of the fear of that failure. Yeah, my ignorance lets me just blow past that <laughs> with endless courage. <laughs> well, you do, and I see that with, with you too and how you handle yourself. So Dan, what's it been like working with Aurora? It's been a growing experience for me too. Uh, you know, It's my first time having an intern, and I, I came into it, and she'd already been here. So I was looking to her for like, hey, Aurora, who are these kids? Who are these adults? Uh, so I think that contributed a lot to our working relationship. But I, I viewed her always as a, a DCE, not as the intern, because uh, she has had more experience in this particular setting. And as we kind of go along, um, I have more tools in my tool belt, so to speak. And so I'm happy to, anytime she has questions or, or any, any seeks advice to, have you thought about this? Or here's a, here's a tool you can use later, later on in your ministries. Uh, adding those tools to your belt, as so to speak. Yeah. So it's going to change for you with the next intern, Bradley, coming here in not too long. Uh, so you're probably approaching things a lot differently with him at this point. Uh, I am. If he, if he listens to this one day, yes. Sorry, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a lot different. Uh, what? How? How did Jeffrey contribute for you? I know we've got Dan here and Jeffrey not, so you can. You can say whatever you want about Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, I mean, Jeffrey just continues um, just gung-ho with the keep trying again. I mean, I think, I don't know if I'm out of place to say this, but I think I've seen 
Jeffrey fail more times and be more of an example of that trying than maybe Dan failing and trying again. Um, all of Dan's efforts I, I, seem to succeed, but that's <laughs> not true. But <laughs> but Jeffrey's always willing to just throw that thing out there oh, and just true. see how you know it goes with his illustrations and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. True, there true. are two different personalities, and 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 that's that is Jeffrey, and that's yeah, yeah and especially since and similar things to you, Roar too. He's in a very new position for him and yeah. fail, failure is a part of that of learning what it means to be the director of worship ministry and we'll get to hear from jeffrey here in the, the next segment as well unfortunately he's not in here he won't be able to do any rebuttal <laughs> to you so <laughs> but anyway um so you've you're choosing a really interesting course most people who get as far as you have you've graduated now uh, you you're just finishing out your internship, but um, most uh, students in the Director of Christian Education program at this point are looking to serve a church mm-hmm. and uh, looking for a call from a church to serve as a DCE. You're not. You're choosing a different direction. You're going back to school. Yes, I am. I will be uh, going back to school to study personal training and nutrition, and then I'll take a national test in December to get a degree in both those two. Now, how long is that schooling again that you're going to go through? Well, I'm doing the most intensive course, so it'll be about 40 to 60 hours a week, but it it will only take me about six months to complete all of it. So, so it's not a full year? No, no. Uh, I have then more options to get more certificates, but... One finish line at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's followed you on Instagram knows you're a fitness Oh, person. absolutely. You know, yeah, that's, that's really my main outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you plan on combining uh, your experiences in education in, in as a director of Christian education with nutrition and exercise? Right. So I... The overall plan is just to educate as many people as possible. And I've seen in family and loved ones' lives that when downfalls come, two very important things need to happen. There needs to be some kind of routine and some kind of discipline. And I find both those two so prevalent in faith and in fitness. And I truly believe that both of these things help you live a better life and be more healthy and live in a community and just... The goal is to educate people and get people closer to God and closer to a healthier them. So a person like me who is not very well disciplined, <laughs> uh, how do you, how, how would you, because this is both, you're right, it's both in faith and uh, in our physical bodies, mm-hmm. taking care of them, that we need discipline. How would you take a person like me whose life has not been real disciplined and and now at 60 years old I feel the effects of some of that discipline okay right uh, how would you help me understand the importance of discipline well it's pretty easy because you've already acknowledged that you see the reward or consequence whether later down in life or immediate and we live in a world where rewards are so immediate everything is so immediate so to show people that over time you'll get a bigger reward like that's just verbatim in faith you know it takes time and a daily devotion and you reward you're rewarded better than anyone you know when you get to the kingdom right um and same with fitness it takes little steps and it's not immediate reward like everyone thinks if i do a workout i get a candy bar no your reward for working out is being healthier and being able to breathe better right so just showing people yeah right (laughs) right showing people that an instant gratitude is maybe not the best reward we just burst dan's bubble yeah i love cheeseburgers Yep, a lot of people. And you can't you don't have to say no to that as long as you just stop seeing that as the reward for, you know, X Y and Z. I, it's I it's all about the reward. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I self include. I mean, I'm not an unhealthy guy, but I would used to go running sometimes to just okay, I can go run. Then I could eat that deep fried now, delicious food. Now, did you get a food. runner's high though? I do. I do like I love See, to run. You're as lucky well. and that's an instant reward that you can work with. Some yeah, people don't get I, that. I, you know, so interesting how many people I talk to are real runners but don't get it. And yeah. yet the people who do, they're crazy. 
And I get the runner's high. That's why I run. If I so get the you're one of those high, people nope. that one day is going to get run over by a car because you're not paying attention because <laughs> you're in that, uh, in that euphoric state of the That's runner's high. That's where the high. faith aspect comes in. I, that, that uh, and when I was a seminary, we had this guy from Washington University come over and he was it was some class. He was a, a doctoral program, master's program he was in. He was developing this uh, fitness program and it was first half hour. So it was all stretching. That's all we did. Stretch, yep. stretch, stretch. And then we would jog. And I got up to six miles. That's wow. the longest I've ever run. I said, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Oh, I hurt yeah. so much. It was. I never got a runner's high. Well, that's so, unfortunate. There's other the ways way to now. do cardio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. There's quite a few other ways to do cardio. But so integrating that together, it's still, and there's no roadmap you're following in this, right? I mean, it's oh, all, you're, you're, you're exploring a new avenue. Yes, I really, I, there's a few people that um, are either Christian fitness or they're either, you know, a healthy Christian, but there's nobody that I've been able to find that has a solid education in fitness and a solid education in Christianity and genuinely mash the two together. That's where there's downfall somewhere. You have somebody who knows, you know, theology, but doesn't really know health or nutrition or vice versa. So hopefully if I have a solid foundation in both of those, I can do more for the church and God's people. So Dan, here's your opportunity. <laughs> okay. Word of uh, <clears throat> word of advice that you would like to give to Aurora about if you could say one thing about her future, what would be that? What would be that one thing? Let prayer guide you. Oh, that's good. It's good. It's good. Aurora, you know, it's a real privilege to, to be a part of your life for a short period of time. And I know for Dan and, and Jeffrey, they're much more than I am. But even at the point that I have been, it's such a privilege. You are an amazing gift of God. And you're going to do amazing things in this world for God's kingdom. His spirit is alive in you. And uh, look forward to someday hearing down the road what it's going to be, what God is doing with you uh, in the future. Well, thank you so much. Anyway, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, uh, after this short break, we'll be back and we'll bring Pastor Jeffrey on. And you never know what's going to happen when he comes on <laughs> with one of these podcasts. Fortunately, it's only for one segment this time. We'll be back in a moment. Are you looking for a place where you are welcomed as you are? A place where your thoughts are welcomed as well as your doubts? A place where you can talk about God without being judged? Then I invite you to join in the life-changing experience of Life Tree Cafe. At Life Tree Cafe, you will spend an hour gathering with others to experience a host-led discussion over topics ranging from serious, fun, and quirky. For more information about Life Tree Cafe and for a location near you, visit their website at www.lifetreecafe.com. If you live in the Colorado Springs community, you are more than welcome to join us at Holy Cross for one of three Life Tree experiences on Monday or Tuesday over the lunch hour from 11:45 to 12:45 or on Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. Life Tree Cafe. Come join the conversation. Once again, if you want to get a hold of any of us, you can email us at questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. So as we promised at the very first segment and uh, mentioned at the last segment, we have uh, the Most Holy Reverend uh, Jeffrey Mines with us, uh, joining us in this segment. And uh, Jeffrey, good to have you with us. Pleasure to be here. Always one of my favorite things to do is be on this podcast. It's been ages. It has been ages. So many other people have been asked to participate while I sit down in my office crying, waiting to be asked. (laughs) Yeah, you crying. You're going to cry when the Rockies beat out the Dodgers at the end of the season. Wow. I will take that bet. I would if I were you too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway... um, the three of us here at Holy Cross fill different positions. As you've been uh, listening to us, uh, Dan fills that position of Director of Growth Ministries, and we spent quite a bit of time talking about that and uh, wrestling with it in relationship to the other two. Uh, and uh, Pastor Jeffrey here, who has been here now over how many years now at Holy Cross? Uh, 11 years. I'm 12th year, year, year will be in October. So between you and me, we have nearly 30 years here. That's a lot of years. How many years have you been? I'll be 18 this summer. 18 plus 12, 38. Wow. No, no, no. 
30. <laughs> There's a reason why we are pastors and not mathematicians. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and Jeffrey handles worship ministry, which you have been doing now for over a year. Just barely over a year. Yeah. And uh, I am not only senior pastor, but I also handle responsibilities for the director of service ministries. Uh, and so what we want to do in, in here, as you again, go back to the title of this podcast, we're talking about the three amigos and taking on our different uh, areas of, of ministry. And this one, we're taking on growth ministry, but thought it'd be good in this last segment for us to kind of talk about what we do together and how we relate to each other. And if you've been in the show notes already, you've t- seen the picture that is posted there of the three Rams. I took this uh, after a pastor's conference on my way home uh, at uh, uh, five, um, let's see, I got my notes here on five points, I think campground on the Arkansas river, just before Parkdale. Hmm. And, uh, we ran into a whole bunch of my friend, Don Widger and I ran into a whole bunch of bighorn sheep down there. So what we're going to do here is we're each going to take one of these sheep and, and identify with it. So this will force our listeners to have to go to the show notes just to get an idea of what we're talking about. Right. So since I'm the senior pastor and the most important person in this room, I get to take the, my, I get to go first and you guys cannot copy me. All right. So I'm going to take uh, the, the ram that's way off on the right for two reasons. One, if you'll notice that his horns are the longest, which means he's the oldest. Now, we can't argue that in this group. I am absolutely, uh, absolutely the oldest uh, here in, on staff. And uh, the second reason is this, this ram is a marked lamb. He's got the transmitter on him. It's A4, I think, is, is the number that's around his neck, big yellow. I hate this. When I take pictures, nowadays, when you take pictures of wildlife, you say, oh, I got the, this bighorn sheep or, or mountain goat, and they're tagged. Hmm. It, it really ruins the picture. Okay, so this thing around its yes. neck here, somebody put this on the neck He's of the He's a marked ram man. So that they can track where he goes. Absolutely. And what it, what it huh. Talk about a glass house. I honestly think we should get these for the three of us. That would be really fun. <laughs> because then we know where Doug's at. We know where you're at. Like, has anybody seen Dan? <laughs> let's, let's check our uh, transmitter here at, uh, oh, wait, we don't want him to be there. <laughs> What's he doing there? He's at Arby's again. again. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, I have another opinion. So, uh, Dan, who, which of the remaining two are you? Because I'm going to make Jeffrey be by default the other one. Oh, man. I already know which one I am. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I kind of, I kind of gravitate towards the one in the middle there because he seems to be kind of scoping things out, kind of checking things, checking the surroundings. Uh, he's ready to move, but you can kind of tell he's sort of looking or looking, not quite exactly <laughs> sure where where he's going. I think he's looking at the other two, going, "Oh, I'm, I'm in trouble." Uh, yeah, kind of, <laughs> Where, what, where's trouble coming from next? What have I, I gotten my myself left? into now? <laughs> so yeah, I think kind of that correlates to me a little bit that I, you know, sit back and I observe a lot, watch what's happening before jumping into things, and I, yeah, I think that's a good one there. It's heads down a little bit too. Yeah, yeah he it's, is. it's a little bit lower than the other two. He's is that got, humility? Uh, or he's hungry. <laughs> He's been. He's getting ready to bend down and eat some grass. Yeah, I, or he was bending up from it. Yeah, Jeffrey, you. Well, if you look at all three of them, uh, the the one that you identify with, Doug, and the one that you identify with, Dan, their horns are all intact. And the one way over there to the left, <laughs> he's got a broken horn there, which uh, I can relate to. At some point, he'll lose that horn, and I have lost all my hair. And so this ram is on his way to balding, and I I feel like that might be me. I kind of maybe even thought that I was I was debating between those two uh, rams that were left over because you know the one in the middle is the short obese one. I thought maybe (laughs) maybe that one. No, I didn't think he looks short and obese because he's 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 hunkered down. He's hunkered down. Hunkered down. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone at Holy Cross who ever looks at me and thinks (laughs) Pastor Mines is maybe short and obese. I'm just hunkered down, folks. That's right. When I stand tall, I look Dan straight in the eye. That's right. So this blog, The Three Amigos, you can find at the, again, at the show notes too. There'll be a link to it. And in that, that uh, blog that I wrote, uh, I tied in Ecclesiastes 4. Uh, and I, specifically in this in the podcast, I want to look at verse 12. 
though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands, uh, strands is not quickly broken. Now that's a, a I've used that. I preached on that at, at weddings before. Couples like that. Uh, as they see the third cord being uh, the, uh, God's love for them and Jesus Christ uh, wrapping around and folding them and tying them together. Uh, but when you look at it in the context of what the preacher is writing about, it's much more general that. I'm not saying that's a wrong application, but it just, uh, I want to look at it more generally. And, and, and what I, I hear the preacher saying is that one is dangerous, two is good because it can defend each other, but three is better. And, and, and so, um, let's talk a bit about what you guys hear and what I hear here about community, the importance of community. What do you guys think? What's, what, is, what is the preacher saying about community? Well, I, I always compare this to another um, kind of old, old saying where a bundle of sticks can't be broken. Which is saying you take one stick and it's easily broken, where if you put them together, suddenly those same sticks all put together can't be broken. So as a, a body and a community, we encourage and we strengthen one another, uh, which is similar to what the, the writer of Ecclesiastes there is saying. But I think it's a really important thing for us to remember that uh, we are here to have fun and enjoy life with each other, but also to, to back each other up. I will apply it to marriage. Uh, this is Pastor Jeffrey speaking. I will. Uh, we, we got that. Okay. 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 I will apply it to marriage <laughs> in that... Um, uh, Amy and I have been married for almost 20 years. Wow. That's awesome. Best 20 years of my life. Amy is listening to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I will admit uh, publicly that I have always struggled and wrestled with uh, leading Amy in uh, devotions and prayer time. I'm with as, you there. As a husband. Same here. Yep, Absolutely. That's hard for me too. I've always struggled with that. And, and it's embarrassing to admit that because I'm a pastor and I've been a professional church worker my whole life and I've grown up in the Lutheran church my entire life. I shouldn't be uncomfortable around prayer and devotion, especially with the person that I love most intimately. And, and yet I've always struggled with it. So just recently, I'd say maybe within the last uh, few months or so, uh, God has uh, allowed me for the first time in our marriage to be consistent with devotions and prayer. And uh, for Valentine's Day, Amy got me a prayer journal that, that we keep our prayers logged into. and It's that, that you both share. Right. And uh, we're going through a book called Night Light, or, uh, Night Light uh, from the Dobsons. Uh, and so we've really enjoyed that. One of the devotions that we read recently talks about this, this third chord. And it really struck me, uh, God, I would say, really struck me because it was the first time that I had really seen how much I was trying to bond the marriage together by my own power and strength rather than it through devotion and prayer and quiet time with Amy, letting him be that third chord in our marriage and and how weak our marriage was. It was fine. It, it was good. But it wasn't as strong as it could have been by inviting God into our marriage through devotion and prayer. So, uh, it shouldn't surprise us then that where Satan tries to get a foothold is in marriage, but in community in general, in the Christian community, and fracturing a community because it defeats... Well, nothing to defeat the gospel, but it um, weakens our testimony to the gospel. Yeah, but not only that, though, people's lives uh, within the Christian community then become damaged. You know, and and we struggle in this culture uh, to understand what community is. I mean, all of us, three of us, talk about being baptized into Christ and being baptized then into the community of, of the fellow believers. And that all sounds good and pious, but it becomes very difficult for us when things start going haywire in the community. We, we, we tend to, to deal with it as people who don't know Christ would deal with it. And sometimes they deal with it better than we Christians do. That's my opinion. I don't know. One of the things that I noticed about these rams, uh, these are rams, right? Or bighorn sheep. What do you call them? Sheep? You're rams. right on all counts. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> 
first of all, I'm wondering if we can hire these guys to come to worship on one Sunday because we've had we've had goats <laughs> and we've had lambs and chickens and chickens. Now we need rams no to be snakes. in worship. No okay, snakes, so no um, uh, these three fellas all looking in the same direction. Their focus is all on the same thing, whatever it is they're looking at. Right. No, they were getting away from Don Widger and me. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, got, we got a little too close. This is the moment we got too close. We had been sneaking up on them for about 45 minutes, and finally they said, far enough. And so they, but they were unified in purpose. Yeah. Right. And so if you think about leadership here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church or at any uh, of the churches in our country, or you think in families, I mean, if you are pointed in the same direction, focused on the same end result and working towards that end result, uh, just imagine how much stronger you are than if you are all heading off in different directions, working against each other. And I, I, for me, grace is, is to be experienced in community. And it is my family. I've, I wrote a blog, one of the first blogs I wrote with uh, praying, uh, praying With the Eyes was about my own family and how I, I, I entitled it A Place of Grace because of all my mess ups as a dad mm. and that my kids forgive me. Mm. And, and, and I, I see that as what God intends for the, the larger community as well. That grace, his grace through Christ is to be experienced in the community of people. So do you got to put one of these things down to tag it? You got to tranquil, tranquilize it? No, you got to go wrestle it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's your job, Jeff. Let's. That's the next men's retreat. <laughs> we, we all go to Let's this five points thing, and then we wrestle Rams. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Can you see their shoulders? Yeah, those are beasts, man, and they got horns. Have you? You seen, don't. Have you seen my shoulders? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, I'm here. looking at them right now. Doug, here, feel my. Yeah, no, feel my shoulder. No, yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Now massage you. that right no, there. Massage no, that no. spot. I'm not touching him. <laughs> anyway, we thank you for being with us on this edition of the Praying with the Eyes podcast. Uh, again, the Praying with the Eyes podcast is a ministry of Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs. And we, if you live in the Colorado Springs community and you do not have a church home, we would love to have you come and join us. We worship at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and... 11. <laughs> these guys are driving me nuts. We're in these chairs and they're bouncing up and down in rhythm with each other. <laughs> See what I have to work with? Dan has People huge. wonder why I am the way Dan, I am. Dan has huge shoulders too. He yeah. does. Actually, yeah. Dan does have big shoulders. You're kind of puny. Anyway, <laughs> oh, uh, if you are active in a uh, worshiping community, we hope that you'll continue to use your gifts and talents in that, that community. We would like to invite you to the Praying with the Eyes website. You'll find that at prayingwiththeeyes.com, and there you'll find daily devotions. You can subscribe to those devotions. If you click on the subscribe button up on the uh, top right-hand corner of the, the website. And as I've been, been talking about lately, uh, I'm now not only a blogger, but a vlogger. And on Monday, I have a, a vlog called Monday Morning Muses, and uh, I put it up on Facebook. So also, if you go to... I, hopefully soon we'll have it coming up on the Holy Cross website. It's on YouTube. It's on Holy Cross's YouTube channel. But I take on different topics and, and different musing, and uh, a lot of people are, are watching those, and uh, I, I hope it's being a blessing to people's lives. So anyway, you guys have any last comments? Good. <laughs> I'm going to start a vlog called uh, Tuesday Morning Tinklings. <laughs> that just sounds bad. That sounds real bad. You know, there's a reason why, Jeffrey, you have not been on the, the, the podcast for quite a while. Uh, thanks, Dan, for joining me this time Absolutely. and for each segment and, and a little sanity earlier in this podcast. Uh, but anyway, uh, we look forward to being on the next podcast. We'll take on worship in relationship to, uh, to um, growth and to uh, service. Look forward to you being with us next time. Thank you for joining us today on this edition of the Praying with the Eyes podcast. These podcasts are produced by Jason Laird Productions, which you can find online at jasonlairdproductions.com. For thoughts and questions that you might have, please email Doug. That is questions at prayingwiththeeyes.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Praying with the Eyes podcast on iTunes as well as post a review. We invite you to tell a friend about today's podcast by posting a link on your social media accounts. We look forward to being with you in our next episode.